Sugar Baker Podcast Maker, the food podcast series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy, from recipe favourites to biscuit chat. So, Holly, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, my name is Holly. Uh, I am a recipe developer. Um like to get a bit creative in the kitchen um, in my spare time. And then as my job, I'm a content creator as well and recipe developer. Amazing. And listeners, if you haven't already had a stalk of Holly's blog, you need to right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So how about some food questions? Yep, let's go for it. That's all we're here for. Absolutely. So what did you have for supper last night? So last night I had, so I've been experimenting with vegan mac and cheese. Um, The company that I work for, our demographic originally was vegan. We're sort of branching out, but we quite like to stick to those roots. So I am not a vegan. I'll put it out there. I really like, um, I really like cheese. So I would struggle with that. So I've been trying to figure out a recipe where I don't think you're ever going to replicate that cheese taste that we know but you can get you can get pretty damn close now um so my partner was out he hates cheese which is really weird um it is weird isn't it yeah um yeah so I sort of made the most of trying to make my vegan mac and cheese and I have to say it was really nice I put I used um nutritional yeast but I've got my hands on one that it's spiced with garlic and really lovely herbs and it just gives a bit more depth to it and it was lovely actually I was pleasantly surprised because I was kind of ready to make up you know a backup mac and cheese covered in all types of cheese but I was pleasantly surprised. (laughs) That's amazing I love finding out things like that because I only make vegan meals if they are just randomly vegan as in like it's just Mm -hmm. um but I find the whole um, cheese alternatives and things like that so interesting. As you said, they're getting so close now that obviously it's not yeah. the same, but it's almost. And I think that's what you have to kind of go in with is that, you know, it's not the same. So don't compare it for what. And I've had to learn that. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, with it's like any food, but. Something that's trying to replicate something else can be filled with stuff that you've never heard of. And that kind of, I don't really have a rule on healthy or unhealthy food. I'm more look at the label. And if I can read what's on the label, then I'm good. You know, it's when I don't start recognizing things that I kind of have red flags and nutritional yeast is full of protein as well so it's a really nice one for vegans and it's you know it's not offensive in taste it's different um but it the I can't remember the brand I use it might be Bosch um oh yeah but yeah really really good really recommend okay so what was your favorite kind of food while you were growing up do you know what I this is embarrassing to say given what I do but I was so fussy as a child my mum actually took me to to the doctors I think I was like eight because all I was eating was yogurt crackers and marmite no way (laughs) and those those were the only things I would eat mum used to pull her hair out so you know I suppose as my taste palette 
got a bit more mature. Um, I think a favourite of my mum does an amazing spaghetti bolognese and that is something that I've always taken with me and I've always learned how to cook that as well. It's kind of like a Heesman thing. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. It's such a classic. Yeah, you really can't. And it just doesn't take, you can batch cook it, doesn't take that long and you you just put loads of cheese on it. See, back to the cheese, clearly got a cheese obsession over here i do too so i'm not going to judge you for it (laughs) okay so what is your current favorite kind of food uh i go through phases you know i'm on a really pizza hype at the moment pizza and pasta i you know i'm also a pt and i know the important well i've only come to kind of grips with the importance of fueling the body and i've always considered pasta a bit of a treat and yes it can be but you can also have it every day i must have it four times a week um so i'm on a bit of an italian hype at the moment pizza is definitely my i've had a hard day holly needs to unwind and feel good about herself kind of meal but i pasta it's so versatile and you can make I think what I love about it is I make everything from scratch so it's fresh ingredients like even just like adding something like fresh basil like changes a dish and I love that about Italian food I think we have this conception that preconception sorry that you know pizza is greasy and full of carbs and pasta is full of fat and it's bad carbs and it's just not you know for the most part I go whole grain carbs you know yeah get that kind of energy yielding carbohydrate in me um and if I want to put cheese in it or I want to add you know pancetta or something delicious like that I absolutely will absolutely um I also eat pasta a lot so I completely agree but I um, I mean, listeners will know this, but I live in a shared flat at the moment. And a lot of the people I live with find it strange that I make my own sauces. Um, really? As in like, because I really enjoy, especially if it's a tomato sauce, I love making it, especially, as you said, fresh basil. It's amazing. So mm. why wouldn't you? It just tastes so much better. But I get if you don't have the time, fair enough. But yeah it's so nice to take the time to do that definitely and I think you know I'm really thankful for the job that I have you know I cook every day and I shouldn't take that for granted but I suppose it's only the last few years that I've really put the time into that and you know part of the problem with the way that you know the world or certainly the western world look at food is that we want everything in an instant mm-hmm. you know even things like um you know, like things like HelloFresh, I don't have a, I don't have an issue with them. I think they're, you know, they're really macro balanced and micro balanced, but it does take that ownership off you. And yes, I have, so many, you know, I'm 30 now and I have so many friends that still can't cook <laughs> because it's so easy to not, you know, exactly. my dad doesn't cook. Neither does you know, mine. God, he's old now. <laughs> So it's, it's an interesting world that we live in because we are, I mean, I, where do you, I'm in London, so you can get, you know, Zap or Deliveroo in the space mm. of 10 minutes. And that 
you know, is amazing and a really, really bad thing at the same time because it's stopping <laughs> us looking and trying new things. So I constantly go back and forth thinking, do I support these things? But I, I just don't know where I stand on it still. I know what you mean. I'm in Oxford, so you can get most things. Um, and we have family friends who use HelloFresh when they're busy in the week. But my mother and I have this conversation a lot because we are cookbook fans. And if we love a recipe, we'll just go back to it over and over and over. And we'll try new ones. But it's the whole, I kind of feel like, as you said, most of my friends, quite a few of them can cook, but not a lot of things. They only know a few set meals. And I think that's really good that they want to learn to make more meals, but they are learning through things like HelloFresh and Gusto and stuff like that, which I think is a good thing to start with. And you can keep the um, what are they called like the the cards the um, recipe yeah. cards but um, I completely agree we're so reliant on the fact that we can have things delivered to us or we don't have to pick all the individual ingredients because you can do an online shop and it can turn up to your house as well mm. but yeah, yeah I know it's a new world we live in now you know and I think that's really taken off <laughs> in the last couple of years I mean you know on our street in the middle of the week you will see you know lunch deliveries which to me you know takeaways are always a treat for me and you know they don't have to be that anymore if you want it and of course there are options that are Mm -hmm. healthier um not that I love that word but you know what I mean more nutritionally balanced than maybe your McDonald's but it does make it incredible, you know, and I can sometimes fall into that as well, but it does make it incredibly easy to not broaden your taste buds. And then I think what I worry about is, you know, when, if we have children, you know, our, the majority of our parents will have cooked um, mm. because they didn't have these, uh, you know, they do a weekly shop. I mean, yeah. mom, my mum finds it incredible that I don't do a weekly shop. I do it daily because I've got a co-op five yeah. minutes down the road. <laughs> um and I wonder what the next generation will be like with food that's a really good point I completely agree I also have takeaways as a treat um and I think that's fun because as much as I love cooking so I was going to say that as well I love cooking in the evening say for example you've got a really really delicious recipe that you're so excited about and you know you've made it before so you're like I am so excited to eat this and you can put the music on, you can chop all of the, and chopping. I don't know what it is, but it's so, it's like it's meditation. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's so lovely, but I completely agree. It's, it is crazy the amount of people who don't know how to cook. And unless they had a parent who was really excited about cooking and didn't see it as a chore, I don't know that many people who actually enjoy it and they just see it as a, they just do it because they have to whilst I think I wake up each morning I'm like oh what am I going to cook later but that's just Mm. me yeah no it's an interesting one time will tell hey yeah I know have to find out (laughs) okay so what is your current favorite restaurant or place to eat at 
So we have, um, so I'm in Tooting, so we've got Tooting Market, which is full of lovely, lovely foods. Um, And they're all kind of, you know, pop-up-y style. You don't reserve, you just go in and they've got this beautiful fish restaurant. I think it's called Seafood and Grill. And they just do, they do like um seafood linguine and stuff like that it's so lovely um and it's really really reasonable as well and you know I literally live on the doorstep of Tooting Market and I do not make the most of it um but when we do go oh it's so gorgeous it's lovely lovely food going back to that kind of freshness I can you can probably guarantee that there's only you know eight ingredients maximum in these dishes but it's just all made there and the herbs that they put in you know you smell it before it even comes down and fish usually smells rank and they make it smell nice so no it's lovely they do some gorgeous dishes there sounds great i'll add it to the list (laughs) please do okay so what was a food that you used to dislike and now you do like it uh do you know what I used to just hate vegetables that's such a bad thing to say as a personal trainer and as a recipe developer for a fitness app um but I did I really just hated vegetables I have a really vivid memory of my mum making me sit at the dinner table and it was this standoff and I was there for two hours just refusing Mm. to eat the sweet corn um so whilst I still don't love all vegetables and I have to work at it I think by discovering how to cook um and what food can do for you um and the different textures that veg can you know I had to do it slowly I had to hide the veg in my food and we get there we get there um but I am quite a big veg eater now um there are a few that I hated but I mean really as a child I was not easy with my food I mean that's so entertaining um I also I mean I'm still quite fussy now but not to the degree I was when I was younger um but my mother would probably say otherwise um but (laughs) I've always liked vegetables um I I eat them all the time as in like it sounds really strange and I know you think well everyone eats vegetables all the time no I'm one of those people that will put veg in something that probably wouldn't look like it needed veg in it because I'm like I just like veg okay (laughs) yeah I mean good for you I you know I have to work although I do like veg now I probably could go a couple of days without veg and then I go come on Holly get a grip now um (laughs) You know, it is, a, it is ironic me being, you know, what I am. But, you know, it's taken a long time. I've had to just really work at it. And, you know, it's not just the taste, you know, that adds to dishes. It's all the micronutrients that come with it. And I think getting my head around that stuff and don't get me wrong, from a scientific point of view, obviously food is fuel, but you have to enjoy it. And I think once yeah. I stopped going you know, Holly, you must eat vegetables like it's a chore and actually put them into recipes where it added great flavour to, that's when things started changing for me. Absolutely. Okay, so that is a good question to move on to. What's your current favourite vegetable? 
broccoli all day every day I love broccoli you know whether you boil it whether you roast it I had a really nice uh, really simple uh, roasted broccoli with pan fried um, almonds bit of lemon juice and some chili flakes delish and that's how you make veg exciting yeah I mean I added broccoli to my stir fry today so I agree broccoli is fab yeah, broccoli's a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Okay, so in your opinion, what is an overrated food? So this is super controversial. And again, people just look at me with disgust when I say this, but I can't bear avocados. What really? is the hype? Oh, God, I can't bear it. Avocados and cucumber, both incredibly overrated in my opinion. <laughs> Cucumber is crunchy water to me. Right. I don't know why I'd want to crunch water. So cucumber's out. And then there's something, and I really, really want to like avocado because <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not overrated. It goes with so many things. And trying to brunch in London, not liking avocado is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's something, I don't really like bananas either. And it's something about the texture that, you know, really hurts me inside. I yeah. really, really just do not get it. Fair enough. And I've tried because, it, you know, you do get some looks when you say you don't like avocado. It's like saying you don't like sweet potato. That's kind of a fashionable thing to like. I get that look. I think it, it's fine. But um, do you eat it in things or just not at all? No, I just can't. Really? I I sniff it out, I'm telling you. I cannot, even stuff like um, (laughs) like guacamole, I can't bear it. I had to do a nacho dish earlier for um, work. And I love nachos, but, you know, any crisp that had even the slightest bit of green on it was out for me. I just couldn't. (laughs) I love that. That was so good. Okay, so what do you think is an underrated food? Okay, so it won't be underrated to foodies as such, but oats, the most versatile food in the world. They're so good for you and you can do so much with them. And, you know, I know that, you know, one of the great things about things like TikTok and all that stuff is that you do start seeing these trends come through, you know, like the baked oats and all that stuff. But I... I've only, you know, what oats have been in my life a long time, let's be honest, but I've got on like the baked oats, overnight oats, all that stuff in the last few years. I could eat, I would take that to the, if I had to go to an island, I'd be taking oats with me. And I think everyone needs to get on the oat hype. I know that foodies are on it. Yeah. um, But we still need to give it a little bit more appreciation. I completely get that. I 100% agree. But I also think that, to be fair, as you said, if you're not in the foodie world and you haven't tried baked oats or you just think it's porridge and that's it that oats can do for you, you might be like, oh, maybe I won't have oats today. But because, as you say, they're really versatile, why wouldn't you try it? I think we need to I tell know. more people. I Honestly, I tell a lot of people, I've just done a couple of um, baked oats for my page and for my work page. It's blowing people's minds, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I even gave it to 
boyfriend who was sort of looking at me going what have you made and I was like oh it's baked oats and he just walked off and I said please please try it and he was like just like cake for breakfast and I was like I know and it's the okay it's okay idea. <laughs> yeah definitely I know I actually think I was late to the baked oats thing because I didn't try them until I want to say January 2021 Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember um, Molly uh, I don't know if you follow Munching with Molly I call her the queen of baked oats because yeah she really she, is she just loves them and she was like you need to try them and I said okay I will on a weekend I'll do it I'll have a great time and ever since I'm like I love this cake for breakfast but it's I know. breakfast and oats, you know, and I also think people, you know, don't understand the health benefits of oats as well. And that's probably quite boring to most people. But, you know, such an important whole grain that we should be shouting about. You know, I remember my mum sort of trying to get me into porridge when I was a kid. And I was just like, nah, like, you're all right. If she gave me baked oats, I probably would. Um but really just didn't get on the porridge thing, didn't understand, you know, and she'd always say it's going to keep you full throughout the day. It's going to give you energy. And I have to say, now that I have incorporated things like overnight oats or porridge for breakfast, I do feel that energy last. I don't get that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I pour a lot of oats into my bowl. Um I'm a very active, I'm sure you are, I'm a very active human being. I'm a personal trainer myself. So, you know, and... I just get hungry a lot, I think, because I'm constantly snacking. My stomach just expects food. Um, But it it, it really is fuel, I think. It really does keep you sustained versus if I just sort of grab like a quick, you know, I don't have anything wrong with protein bars, but like a quick bar or whatever that's Mm -hmm. under 100 calories, it actually makes me more hungry because it's not done anything. I completely get that. And I actually... I didn't intentionally test this theory because I didn't know you were going to say that. But I had porridge for breakfast this morning and I couldn't believe because usually by lunchtime I am absolutely starving. I'm like, I cannot wait to have lunch. And today I was actually okay by lunchtime because I'd had porridge. And when I have cereal, I actually think I should stop eating cereal in the mornings because I just feel hungry about half an hour later, which probably says a lot about me. No, no, not at all. No, it's interesting. I love knowing what people eat for breakfast. I think breakfast is actually the most interesting, in a weird way, the most interesting meal because it's probably the most habitual. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with dinner or lunch, the kind of expectation is that you change it most days, unless you're kind of on meal prep or whatever. Yeah. But breakfast, you tend to have the same. And before you know it, you've had a bowl of cornflakes every day for a year. And I find that mentality really interesting. See, I I think that's a common thing for people. They do have breakfast the same way each day but I get really bored after a while so I switch things up um Mm. but when you said about moving around all the time yeah I am quite known for being the person that doesn't sit still so I completely get it um yeah yeah I think we should put out more questions on our polls to find out what people are having for breakfast we need this knowledge 
I think you I think there'll be some really interesting responses in there as well. Um, I know, you know, a couple of my friends who have just sort of started going back to the office, um, which everyone's sort of trying to like get their heads back round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and during kind of these lockdown moments, they were sort of having a set breakfast at nine and you know, being quite mindful with those choices. But now we're having to factor in commutes and all this yeah. stuff that we're not used to. That's quite an interesting concept. I mean, I only go to the office on Wednesdays and I have to, you know, last week I realized I just didn't have breakfast because I'd not. Mm-hmm. I'm so used to how we do things now. Um, so and that that is why I'm obsessed with people's bread. I always ask people what they eat for breakfast and they look at me like I'm some weirdo. And when people say I don't, that really hurts me. <laughs> I mean, do you know, obviously everyone knows their body and I know yeah. many people and many personal trainers that don't eat before, you know, lunch. But I just if I didn't eat before lunch, if I don't have at least two coffees in the morning, and a solid breakfast I'm just the worst human being (laughs) and I'm okay with that fair enough (laughs) I love that okay so who is your current favorite chef so I'm a little bit upset I'm sure I don't know if you've had this before you'll know exactly I'm talking about I'm a little bit obsessed with um fit waffle yeah um you know, don't get me wrong, it's not the most nutritious food in the world. But I, you know, one of my big things is I don't believe in healthy or unhealthy food. Sure, if you're going to eat a brownie three times a day amongst crisps and, you know, processed food, then sure, that's not healthy. But, you know, I have I have pudding after lunch and dinner. I always have. I always will. It's my non-negotiable. I have such a sweet tooth. Me too. Um, and if I don't, I just end up completely overdoing it, you know, in the evening or at the weekend because I feel like I've not had enough. I need to top mm-hmm. up these levels. And I just think she's super creative with what she does. Um so she's definitely a fave of mine. And then I suppose a little bit off track. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't call them a chef, but Sainsbury's recipes, my go-to, they are so nutritious, so easy, you know, all these like 20 minute meals. I think Sainsbury's recipe library, I mean, obviously there are all lots of different chefs, but I mean, check it out. There is so much on there. And I always get inspo from there. It's very, very underrated. I'd even say it could be better than BBC Good Food. And that's quite a statement. It is. Yeah. Everyone will disagree with me, but that's my my current feeling. Well, I find that very interesting. I I love that question because I have to say current because my favourite chef changes every week. I mean, I have my favourites that will never change. But then what I'm slightly obsessed with that week will change. So Mm. the consistent is always Mob Kitchen. I love them with my whole heart. Um, And I think their recipes are fab. But I do think it's so interesting to hear other people's opinions of who their favourite food person is at that time. Because, say, for example, like last week, my 
current obsession was um, made by Blitz. I don't know if you follow him. Um, no, he's he's a food blogger and he does all sorts of video content, but he makes vegan food but it's in a way where it seems really approachable. It doesn't feel scary because I always think that the idea of cooking vegan food seems quite, I don't, I'm not scared of it, but the idea of messing it up and then feeling like, oh, well, it's not so fun kind of does Mm -hmm. terrify me a bit. But the way he makes his recipes just seems so exciting. And yeah, I think he's fab. Well, I'm going to check him out. But it, it, I know what you mean by it changing every week. I mean, the way that we consume recipes now is different. You know, mm-hmm. the, I don't get me wrong, and I'm sure you're the same. I think you mentioned it earlier, love a good cookbook, can't go wrong with that. But I would say now that 80% of my recipes are inspired by something that I've either seen on TikTok or Instagram. Yeah. And that's partly because, you know, that's the field that we're in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my job, you know, full time to create content that is current. Um, and that might mean changing the way that I film things, using different ingredients, going with celebrations. So obviously Valentine's Day, so I've had to factor that in with work. Um yeah. But it is so interesting. And again, it kind of comes back to how will our how will the next generation consume food because or recipes? Because I really do think gone are the days of books. You know, I know we will, and I'm sure they'll be around for a couple hundred years, but down the line, I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that's that is so interesting? I I think I'm quite backwards in the fact that I love a cookbook and I do use a cookbook more often than I use my phone, um, which people are usually shocked at. But it's because I have favourite recipes. And then if I have a new cookbook, I get inspired. So, um, but don't get me wrong, I save so many Instagram recipes and I make them whenever I can. Um, Mm. So especially as we're foodie people, there's just so much to look at. There is so mm. much to see, always. Yeah, that you know, and obviously, you know, and I really like a cookbook, actually. And sometimes if I'm sort of aimlessly looking at recipes, I will just get out one of my favourites and just go through that and think, oh, I haven't made that in a while or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's sort of a blessing and a curse because, you know, obviously we're all on Instagram, the algorithm pushes all the food content to us. And it does become a, how do I separate, you know, not the good from the bad, that's not what I mean at all, but separate what I like and what I want to try. And, oh, that's Mm -hmm. new. It's very difficult as, well, it's not difficult. You just look at food. It's lovely. But to, to... take on take on all that content is difficult and also as content creators to stand out in that yes and you know I don't know if you felt it but I put a couple of recipes out that in terms of views which I don't you know metrics and metrics but I'm like why why is this tanked this is such a good recipe in my opinion and then something really odd can do really really well it's it's so difficult to get Mm -hmm. your head around that stuff especially if you're just doing it you know we start this stuff because we're passionate about it and then 
you know, obviously we want to make something of that and then the metrics come involved. And I sometimes have to remind myself that, okay, maybe just one person saved my recipe. It doesn't matter. And Mm -hmm. I have to constantly remind myself of that. Otherwise it will suck the joy out of what I actually love doing. Absolutely. And that's why, I mean, I, I love being on foodie Instagram. I love, I love it. It's so lovely. And everyone in that space is a lovely person and it's very supportive. But I do think that, as you said, about the trends and stuff, you have no idea. And especially as we do it for work, it almost can easily turn into work. And Mm. I, as, as you said, I have to remind myself, even if this thing doesn't do as well as I thought it would, that's okay because it's my passion project. I'm not, no one's hoping for me to be like, oh, Jemima, how were the metrics on this? They're not going to tell me that because it's my work. It's not even work. It's my my yeah. excitement. Um, so I completely get it, but it's second nature, especially if you already work in that industry to do that to yourself. Yeah, no, it's, it's a balance. And I think I tend to find that, you know, when I'm tired or when things are going a little bit south I wasn't expecting like this week for example I've had so much more work on than I thought and that's very natural Mm -hmm. but then I start you know getting in my head about the content I'm posting I'm like well hang on you know I'm not a social media guru I'm not you know I'm not pushing a brand out. I'm not going to lose any money over this. It's just what I like doing. It's just the dishes that I love. Yeah. Um, so it is, just, you know, that's when I sort of have to touch base with myself and go, Holly, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I completely get that. Okay, so what was the last cookbook or recipe you enjoyed using? So my boyfriend got me, I can't remember. Hang on, bear with <laughs> Official. All of them. <laughs> Just grab this one on the side. Pinch of Nom. You must have um, looked. At I've these. seen them. Everyone recommends them. I still don't have them. Do you know what? They're just really simple, delicious, and you know, yes, there is this kind of slimming aspect on it. I don't. I haven't fully bought into that, mm-hmm. but it's. It's not slimming in that you compromise on flavor. You know, maybe it will swap out full fat cream for reduced fat cream and stuff like okay. that. And I think they found, I think they found that balance very well. Um, they do a lot of like fakeaways, which again I sometimes throw my head against a wall about. But then actually they've done it in a way that isn't shaming the original takeaway. It's you know. Uh, a greasy burger will always be a greasy burger, but yeah. it's about kind of creating, you know, and I think that's fine, you know, every now and then go for it. Um, but they've kind of found that lovely balance of not compromising on flavor and taking twists of things that we find comforting. And they they just do it really well. And also it's totally, for want of a better word, idiot proof. Anyone can make these <laughs> recipes you know I could even give this to my boyfriend who's not a cook and go off you go and he'd be like okay (laughs) (laughs) and they're also the aesthetic of these books the photos are gorgeous and it's really colorful and that always makes me yeah um I'm like 
magpie. I go towards gold things, shiny things, <laughs> and that always helps me get through. Yeah, well, thank you for those recommendations. I also love your ethos around not saying things are good or bad or things like that because I was brought up like that and I still think like that and when people say oh well I can't have this because of blah 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 and I just sit there and I'm like I'm quite sad and just like you can you can have that Mm. nothing's good or bad it's just in moderation um yeah and I think we've lost that a lot I mean don't get me wrong I you know the reason that I'm in the industry that I am is because I have done every stupid diet under the mm-hmm. sun I have bought in every myth you know no eating after six carbs are the devil you know all that stuff I have bought into um and I think probably one of the main reasons I started really getting interesting into food and fitness and well-being is that I just wanted to know more. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, without getting deep or emotional, I think schools and education could do a better job at, you know, telling us what food does. And I think you know, that maybe is starting to come through whilst we look at kind of mental health and Instagram. And, you know, know, I I do seriously feel for the younger generation because I just about got away with having a tech-free childhood. You know, I remember dialing into the internet and mum saying, you've Mm -hmm. got 10 minutes. But, you know, I do think we have to do more. And that is sort of how I got my love of food back again is understanding and going you know I would do things like I would have a brownie and then I'd go and do an hour's cardio the next day and it breaks my heart when I hear that because I know how that feels and that's why I do try to stay away from this naughty good food you know as a PT a lot of people will ask me about cheat days and Mm -hmm. I sort of just oh please please don't do that (laughs) Yeah, you know, I don't. But, it, you know, it's learnt behaviour, isn't it? And we all know that these things take a long, long time. Exactly. And that's, I had I had someone message me the other day because I do a mixture of kind of really not so nutritious foods, you know, that are just good for the soul. And then yeah. your kind of healthy meals. And he sort of said to me, he said, I don't really understand what you are because you say your health by Holly, but you've just put a blondie recipe up those look amazing just, by the way thank you oh I mean I seriously do you know what I probably was a bit unhealthy the amount of those I ate that's um, okay but they were <laughs> it's fine. I went it. for a long walk um and I just sort of you know I didn't actually respond because I didn't really need to but yeah you know, I live my life you know 80 percent of the time wholesome nutritious foods that I like you know you won't catch me eating avocado just because it's healthy because I can't stand it because you don't like it Um, yeah we've already discussed that Holly hates avocado um and then the other 20% I eat chocolate I eat chocolate and I live my life like that day to day not you know good week screw it all up at the weekend I don't do that I eat the foods that I like in the day and I get moving so I can eat all that stuff absolutely okay how do you feel about a controversial question okay go for it which is your favorite ring on the hob left front 
and why? Okay, so we've got two big ones, two small. Yeah. This one is the biggest one. Makes sense. Yeah. The other one's a bit far away, and I always we've got um, condiments on the side, which I always knock over. Yeah. This one is right next to the surface, so I can chop, 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 put straight in. Perfect. And I just have a sneaky feeling that it works better than the others. I swear to God, <laughs> it gets hotter than the others. Most likely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, now for the final meal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Starter is going to be potted crab right on warm sourdough I had this when I I you know and this is going to really this really annoys me I don't even talk about it I got invited to a really posh um members only club when I was like 18 so one of my friends 18 yeah so posh I had to buy a dress and everything for this and I'd never eaten in that kind of experience before I didn't really recognize much on the menu, just sort of knew that I kind of liked fish. So mm-hmm. when, yeah, sure. And I knew that I liked bread. So that was going to be my kind of go-to. I cannot for the life of me remember what that restaurant was called. I always forget to ask said friend. It's members only anyway, so I'll never get back in there. But I just remember I took a bite and I couldn't talk to anyone. I just remember thinking I could marry this potted crab onto it just everything it was so delicate and the texture it melted in your mouth so it has to be that potted crab on sourdough which I can tell no one where it was from which is not very helpful but that would be my ultimate starter yes okay my main two two options here two options seafood linguine Mm-hmm. in a really nice delicate creamy pasta or sticking with kind of Italian theme pizza so a sourdough pizza with prosciutto burrata in the middle rocket yeah. and balsamic balsamic glaze absolutely I don't know which one's better I mean maybe I'll just have both I think you should just have all of them yeah because you can't get full it's the dream exactly. Yeah, so those are on par. And then pudding. See, for someone who's got such a sweet tooth, I just have so many ideas going on in my head. Either like a really like fudgy, fudgy, almost not cooked properly brownie with yeah. ice cream. Um, or And I don't think this is made, I would consider this more of a snack mid-morning snack you'll probably be like no Holly that's definitely a dessert but I am a real um sucker for millionaire shortbread I just cannot get enough of them I'd have that morning yeah oh yeah I mean I really really and I actually go to different coffee shops and try their salted caramel um flapjacks and then I kind of and I actually make note of the ones that I go yeah that that was it there You'll have to publish um, that eventually. <laughs> yes. But and I and I am still trying to I did make a um shortbread the other day, millionaire shortbread. And I'm giving it, you know, a seven out of ten, but I've mm-hmm. had better and I just need to keep working away at that one. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would be my ultimate meal. And what drinks are you having for each sections of the meal? 
Oh, I didn't, didn't really think about that bit. Um, so you can't get full. See, I'm not any good at pairing anything. I think if I was going to go seafood linguine, we'd have to go for a really nice white wine. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, I don't really think about the drinks, to be honest. It's all about the food. Exactly. <laughs> Just a bit of water to cleanse the palate. Um, I quite often, I'm someone that sort of, and I know we can't get full in this imaginary world, um, but I am... I'm like a cow. I graze throughout the day, little and often. Yeah. Um, and drinks, in my opinion, aside from water, can get in the way of that. They are making me full when I could be eating. And that's yeah. my opinion. Yes, I get my water in. And I do love, I actually, controversial, I don't know your thoughts, but I adore fizzy water. Really? Yeah, I mean, I used to drink like two, my mum always has it in the house and she would get me a two litre bottle every day and I would drink that every day. Um, but then the dentist told me off because even if it's water, fizzy drinks, any yeah. fizz can have an effect on the teeth. Yeah. Um, so that is a habit that I've had to unlearn. Oh. Um, I still drink a lot of fizzy water. That's right then. Yeah, all good. But yeah, I'm not too fussed about the drinks, to be honest, except I'll have a glass of wine with the seafood linguine, but the rest just give me water and I'll be good. Absolutely. OK. And what drink are you having to end the whole meal? Oh, just a black Americano, really, really strong coffee um, with a little biscuit, you know, yeah. one of those like Italian biscotti. Yeah. Um, I love coffee. I used to own a coffee stall. No um, Yeah, called Holly Hot Drinks. God bless Aww. her. Um, I love that. So I love coffee. I'm a bit of a snob for coffee, and I'm very lucky where we live, you, you know, anywhere. Well, I think any town now, you turn around, there's some sort of bougie, for want of a mm-hmm. better word, coffee shop. They all just do beautiful, beautiful coffee. Um my favorite I don't know if you're a coffee human but nude do love coffee so nude and what's the other one called I haven't had it in a while um store other no other stories is a clothes shop um story coffee (laughs) (laughs) um they're my fave love those I can't believe I forgot this um are you partaking in a cheese board are you skipping the cheese board Oh, I'm absolutely going in for the cheese board. Okay, what's on the dream cheese board in your brain? Uh, In terms of cheese, I love, love, love brie. I think that's my favourite. And I don't tend to have it a lot because, you know, it's only me and my partner that live here. He can't bear cheese. He actually leaves the room if you have cheese. He's got a real against it yeah um so we don't have it a lot so brie is probably my go-to you can't go wrong with just a cheddar um you know I think that is probably one of the ultimate cheeses um it's probably a bit much to have brie and camembert but I would it's the dream it's fine yeah you can absolutely have that I'm that's the type of cheese I like I do like you kind of I do like a bit of stilton um anything else I would like okay a bit weird you wouldn't put it on your um cheese board like you really wouldn't but halloumi is a winner in my eyes yeah barbecued halloumi as well yeah delish 
Um, then we'll put some grapes on there just to kind of, you know, tick that off. Mm-hmm. Um, red onion, caramelized red onion chutney. I'm going to need in there. And then just some, I don't mind about the crackers. Not fussed about those. Obviously, I'll put it on a cracker, but without yeah. the cheese over here. Absolutely. And are you having bread or just crackers? Yeah, let's get some bread. If we've got camembert and brie, we should probably get some bread in there, like mm-hmm. really crunchy sourdough. Absolutely. Slightly toasted as well. Yeah. And do you put butter on your crackers or do you just have cheese and crackers? I put butter on my crackers. So do I. Do you? Yeah, I love it. Um, or I'll put a bit of chutney on there. Yeah. I mean, I asked that question because some people look at me absolutely like I'm crazy when I say, no, you have to have, because otherwise the crack is dry and they're like, no, because you're going to put the cheese on it. Like, no, I no. Also, I have a question for you. Um, do you like peanut butter? Yes, I love peanut butter and I eat it every day. Good. I love peanut butter too. <laughs> so if you were going to put peanut butter on toast, would you put butter on as well? I do sometimes, but I don't usually because I usually put a banana on the top. Oh, that's a good chat, actually. I I always put butter on, thought it was really normal. Everyone I've spoken to was like, well, no, Holly, you just put the peanut butter on. But it makes so much sense. Oh. It makes so much sense because then that, because peanut butter is obviously quite dry. And then yeah. the butter, would, that makes so much the more sense. Looks through. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not changing the way that I do this. No. Um, but I just, everyone I've spoken to just sort of looks at me like, no, no, Holly, it's the peanut butter. I'm like, yeah, but what if it's crunchy peanut butter? I need That's the, best the one. butter to go in. <laughs> so, I love that. Know your opinion. <laughs> I think I do put a layer of butter underneath the peanut butter if I'm just having peanut butter on toast. But if I'm yeah. having peanut butter and banana then I will just put the peanut butter on it. But I appreciate that. I like that question. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for telling me your final meal. I was very impressed with how decisive you were. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mess around with food. No, no. (laughs) Love that. Okay, now for biscuits of the week. So what biscuits have you been eating this week? I don't know if this counts. I had um, a gold bar, which I would mm-hmm. argue is a biscuit. I did. Is that a biscuit? I'd say that was a biscuit. I, I've i always had a soft spot for gold bars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a massive biscuit human, actually. Um, but I saw a recipe the other day of um, a gold bar blondies. Oh, really? And that blew my mind. Yeah, so they put, so it's just a standard white chocolate um, blondie batter, like your base. So they put half half the batter in, they then literally layered it. You know how you see it with Kit Kats? And that just blew my tiny, tiny brain. And Mm -hmm. then they put the rest of the batter over it, and then they crumbled um, gold bars. And in my head, I just went, oh, my God. One, I need to make that recipe. And two, I need to get gold bars back in my life. Absolutely. Um, Walked into Sainsbury's. They did a pack of 18 for like two pounds. And that just had me. 
absolutely should have done um great purchase and then uh, the other biscuit that i've been um chomping on uh i kind of i don't can't remember what they're called but they're they're square they've got the chocolate on top and then their biscuit underneath they're the like nice ones yes yeah yeah Classic I love ones those. or entertaining ones. Yeah. Oh, no, I just go classic. Mm-hmm. And they're my kind of, um, they're my posh biscuits or yeah. my impressive, you know, if my dad's coming, I'll, I'll whack those out. <laughs> and he'll just go, oh, do you always have these? Like, yes, of course. They're always in the, they're always in the cupboard all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Am I trying to impress or I've I've done something wrong and I'm trying to explain that to my partner or trying to explain that to my mum or my dad? Just give them a biscuit, a cup of tea and you'll be fine. Uh, um, Have you tried the white chocolate and dark chocolate biscuit Leibniz? No. So you know how the normal ones is just like milk chocolate and then a plain biscuit? They have variations. They had Bailey's ones at Christmas, but these ones are my favourite. It's a dark chocolate biscuit, but the biscuit's not extremely chocolatey. It's just slightly bitter. And then it has a white chocolate. It's so lovely. That sounds 10 out of 10. I'm going to have to go on the hunt to find these. And I didn't know they did Bailey's ones. That has blown my mind. Yeah. I've got so much to so much to try. I think it's because you say you're not really a biscuit person, whilst I am a biscuit person. No. So I will find these and be like, have you tried yeah. them? Well, I now know who to come to when I'm looking for a little biscuit inspo. Absolutely. Um, so what do you rate each of the biscuits that you have spoken about out of 10? Okay, so gold bars. Uh, I'm going to give them... An 8.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And that's because in my mind, I remember them being like a 10 out of 10. I remember them being the thing that I always, always, you know, craved. I could always eat one of these. And when I had one last night, albeit I had just eaten a lot of mac and cheese. Yeah. You know, I didn't really need this biscuit but I was like I've got them I just need something sweet and they're, yeah, they're quite small I agree. yeah um but it didn't quite give me that maybe it's a nostalgia that I love them so much um mm-hmm. don't get me wrong I will get through every single one of them you yeah. know in two weeks um so I'm giving that an 8.5 out of 10 I'm giving the other ones a 9 out of 10 mm-hmm because I do love them. I could very much eat the whole box. But the fact that I'm not a biscuit person would indicate that I've not had a 10 out of 10 yet. Exactly. So I need to keep exploring. I think so. I can't wait for the research. <laughs> you wait. My Instagram's going to completely change. It's just going to be me eating biscuits go, hmm, a five out of ten. <laughs> I can't wait for that to be a segment. I love that. <laughs> yes. Um, I always find biscuits because I used to, um, in the early days of this podcast, I used to have a biscuit of the week that I would put out every week. Be like, this is the biscuit. And sometimes I still do that. But I have my favourites now. But in the beginnings, I was finding biscuits on purpose. And 
I have to say, it, a top contender, if you haven't tried them, are the McBitties VIB biscuits. They're like, and they have caramel in the middle, but it's not like a gooey caramel because I have a funny thing about that. Um, but it's like um, chewy caramel. And my favorite are the blood orange ones. They're so delicious. It's a normal digestive. And then as you bite into it, there's like a thin layer of, really lovely caramel orange flavor it's so Ooh, good it do sound good so what would is that your what are your top three biscuits probably that one the dark chocolate Leibniz ones oh I don't know what the third one would be probably a double stuffed Oreo because I love the icing oh yeah that's a good shot yeah I could quite easily with Oreos not eat the Oreo bit and eat the icing yeah there's something about it it's just delicious yeah it's a really it's I am we do quite a lot of kind of like Oreo recipes at work because I'm pretty sure they're vegan Um, yeah I think we quite often yeah same with um I suppose lotus biscuits as well they're pretty high Mm -hmm. contender for me I can always and that's and quite a nostalgic thing for me I remember my nanny and my granddad when I was younger used to let me have them and I mean I was really young and I remember talking about these biscuits I mean I've talked about these biscuits for years not knowing that they are the lotus biscoff biscuits mm-hmm. and then it wasn't till you know I started doing my own food shopping so when I sort of moved out I was like oh my god they're available everywhere you know I thought we got them from a very specific cafe and then you know my grandparents passed away a couple of years ago and I just thought those biscuits are gone forever I never I never asked them you know how do I get hold of them and then when I found them in the supermarket I was like oh my god I I could have had these my whole life (laughs) so they're always so lovely yeah it's a nostalgic thing for that for me that one and they taste good I can't believe I didn't put Biscoff Lotus Biscuits in my top. I also, um, we didn't have them all the time, but you know when you went out for coffee and sometimes they'd be on the saucer, they were just so good. And when all of this excitement around those biscuits happened, what was it a year ago, maybe two years ago, everyone was absolutely obsessed with them. Mm. I was like, I'm totally here for it everything biscoff please do you I was actually having this discussion with someone do you not do you know what bought biscoff back into everything I mean I know it's always but all of a sudden biscoff I always use the example I think I use but it's like the sweet potato we we one day woke up sweet potato was the thing Mm -hmm. and it's the same with you make cheesecakes you make baked oats and you know I do it too I love Biscoff but I don't know why I think for me it's only the last year that I've really started playing around with the different Biscoff stuff I don't know what did bring it back I don't know I think it must have been some fabulous marketing genius somewhere was like this needs to have a comeback and I know how and um it kicked off in a really good way so whoever did that is living their best life I'm sure but it was it in lockdown where everyone was absolutely mad for this golf 
It might be. I feel like, I mean, I don't know whether it came, was born out of the baked oats hype because you can Maybe. put it in the middle, kind of get that ooze. And I wonder if that has sort of brought things back. But, you know, I wouldn't even, until about a year ago, I wouldn't have even known to look for things like Biscoff spread. Like that wouldn't mm-hmm. have even crossed my mind. And now I've got about five jars in the, and it's not that I put it on toast, I just bake with it all the time. Yes. Um, I really like a Bakewell brownie. And you know, you said about how you layer them. I love that in a brownie because I love brownies anyway. I feel like most people do, but I also have to shout out brownies on their own are delicious. And so many people think you have to zhuzh them up. I'm like, no, if you have that one recipe and everyone has it, everyone has their exact recipe that they love and they make over and over and over. Mine is, and I will scream it to the rooftops, I think the best one is the Nigella brownie recipe from, I'm going to say, Domestic Goddess. Um, And we've made it for as long as I can remember. And every time I try a new brownie recipe, it doesn't compare. So I use that Mm. as a base for every time I make brownies, even if they're excite as in crazy ones. And it's so delicious, especially when you have that, nice layer of a biscuit in the middle whoever thought of that first time they are a genius Mm. yeah and I think we are have you tried um slightly off topic but have you tried the Weetabix cheesecake no yeah so I you know I was a bit dubious about this one Uh uh-huh you know I've tried them all just out of curiosity you know mm-hmm. pesto eggs love the vodka pasta the feta yeah. pasta all that stuff I loved the base one I, pasta oh it was lovely wasn't it um <laughs> still make it this one I was looking at it and going I'm not sure that that Weetabix texture is what I want and I was making it and I was just like I'm just gonna rank um <laughs> but I I'm happy to say I was wrong it is actually a lovely breakfast. Um, it's very filling. Um, and I kind of did it with two Weetabix, um, a protein yogurt, and then I put some stuff on top of it. Um, and it was lovely. I mean, it's not a cheesecake. I do, you know, kind of disagree with the Weetabix cheesecake. It's a Weetabix breakfast. Yeah. Um, it did. T- I was pleasantly surprised it tasted nice. I've actually done a recipe for it. Um, it's just a nice way to meal prep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's not my favorite trend in the world, but I ate it all and was quite happy. So I'll have to try that when I go home. So I don't buy Weetabix, but I know that there should be some at home. So I'll try that next mm. time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I love talking about the trends because especially if you're not in the foodie like mindset or community, you kind of just think, oh, that's interesting. And you see it on your feed and you scroll through. But when you're fully in it, it is mad how many different trends change so quickly. And everyone mm-hmm. tries them. And when I don't try them, I'm like, mm, was that really good? But then I love having a recommendation from foodies that I really trust. Because then I'll be like, actually, I will try that because it sounds worth it. Yeah, it is an interesting one. I mean, I'm like you. I won't try a trend until someone else has told me to. Yeah. Um, that I kind of trust their opinion because, you know, things like, do you remember the mini pancake cereal? Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yes. I, I mean, lovely that. concept. 
but it's just pancakes but smaller mm-hmm. um and there are so it's kind of finding that balance between uh gimmicky trends and then trends that are actually good and yeah. it's not that things aren't good but it's whether that trend is for content purposes or for taste yeah um and that's something that I've struggled with when I started my page and I didn't and you'll see you know not I've not been on Instagram with health by Holly that long but if you scroll down to like my beginning stuff it's almost like I'm trying to tick boxes because I think mm-hmm. this is what's going well and I'm glad that I did that because it it's brought me where I am now where I literally just go what do I want to cook okay I think that's going to be a nice recipe let's give it a go um but I definitely you know and it's not you know every recipe that I put on my page I have tested I've tried and I've loved Mm -hmm. but I stood you know for the first couple of months I really was going okay shall I try and incorporate this yogurt or shall I try and you know tick this this works really well for this person and actually I was like right this is just too much for me now I'm doing this for enjoyment and we, we spoke about it earlier I just mm-hmm. went right what food do I like um and I'm gonna film in the way that I film and I'm yeah. gonna edit the way that I edit and I'm gonna write sarcastic captions because that's my Absolutely. personality and those are the people I'm sure you're the same those are the people I engage with the most are the people that I kind of understand and that I get a sense of them yes that's I'm I keep talking about the sense of community but I really think especially in that part of um social media the food blogging part you do have that connection with the people that follow you because a lot of the time there are other foodies more than anything and I think because whether they're not a food blogger as their whole Instagram, but they actually think, oh, I'll try that recipe because they're interested in food. You get more interaction as in chatting. I chat to so many people all the time. Mm. And I'm just like, that is so interesting because who knew that the fact that I randomly made up a recipe because I thought, I'll see if this one works really well with this one and smash them together. And it worked out somewhat delicious and I was like you know what I think other people might like this and then had a conversation with random people on the internet that's pretty cool Mm, it is and I think that's something that I wasn't quite prepared for because prior to this I was very much in the fitness space um Mm -hmm. which you know don't get me wrong I think there are some amazing fitness influencers out there for want of a better word um, and people also use Instagram as a accountability, yeah. um, you know, keep track, engage with community. And I think all that stuff is really positive and really lovely to see. But, you know, the thing with fitness is that it is to do with the physical. Yeah. And that's, a you know, and whether you're kind of trying to grow muscle you're trying to lose weight whatever it is in what you know whatever you're there you absolutely have every right to be there and share your journey and you know treat it how you want to but there it's a hard space to be part of you know yeah you know I'm a people 
and I'm yet to put that much fitness stuff on my page uh-huh. and eventually I will but there's almost a little bit of a scaredness there because scaredness is not a word fear is there is. <laughs> you know what I mean I do. um because it's a very vulnerable position to be in whereas the food I wasn't I wasn't prepared for how supportive the community are for one. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I can just do what I want to do and not have to think about how you're going to receive me. Yes, you'll occasionally see my face and blah, blah, blah. But it's just a nice, safe, comforting place to be in. And that's sort of why I've stuck down the food route. And I will eventually go into the PT space, but... I have been overwhelmed by how lovely I've not come across one person. No, neither. That I've just thought, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is lovely. So, do you have any local businesses you would like to give a shout out to? Yes, I do. And they are both actually. Um, coffee spots and brunch spots so down the road from me um so I live in Collier's Wood which is southwest mm-hmm. London um we have a, a lovely lovely coffee shop called Coffee in the Wood um and they have done so well through lockdown they stayed open every day if anything they've built their business stronger than ever they do amazing yeah, they really have done well. They do amazing cakes as well. Um, so coffee in the wood would be the first one. And then my friend, my very good friend, um, Pete, has opened a brunch spot in Earlsfield, again, southwest London, called mm-hmm. Manny Darton. And the food, I mean, you'll go in there and you'll look at the menu and you'll go, I don't know what any of that means so you'll pick something you'll just wreck yours you know you'll see something that you recognize and you'll go okay I know what an avocado is I'm going to go with the avocado thing and just the flavors they are so so good it's not just you don't get me wrong I will always have time for poached eggs on sourdough I will always have time for that yeah but it's just you would never put together I've known the chef for a while as well um and he's incredible and the coffee is to die for so those would be my two local shout outs thank you for those they are definitely being added to the London list um yeah you must have a very long list now I do every time and I say I do say this almost every podcast so People that listen to the podcast every week are probably a bit annoyed by this. But one day I will have to publish it because it's insane. All these different, all these lovely people that come on the podcast and they recommend these really interesting places. I now go out somewhere or someone says, oh, I'm going away to this place. Do you have any, do you know of any places? I'm like, I do actually. I know some places (laughs) for you. And it's so fun. Um, And my London list is insane because obviously London has an amazing amount of food places to visit. And every time I go, I'm not there long enough to try more than, what, two, three at at most. So I know I will have to publish it one day. I know it'll be massive. (laughs) 
but I think we'll all appreciate it because we can, you know, and by that time you'll you'll be able to ha- have someone organise it for you and you'll go, right, you're going to London on the Bakerloo line, blah, 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 and then you just have your list there <laughs> and that's what we all need. Absolutely. Okay, so where can people find you? So um, all my recipes are on my Instagram, which is healthby.holly. Um mostly real content that I push out I you know as I said to you I'm still finding my style um it's taken me a while but I feel quite confident there now um I suppose I mainly do sweet treats um quick nutritious 20 minute meals and then you know as we all know I'm fascinated by breakfast now so that maybe explains why there's so much breakfast content on there um but yeah you know check it out if you want some recipe inspo and hope you find something there that you like well thank you for that um and listeners the links to holly will be in the description and if you miss all of that because you may be doing something else check any of the socials because it'll be plastered everywhere by the time this episode has gone live no thank you well i think that about concludes this so thank you so so much for being on the podcast I've loved chatting about all your food favorites and all your many things that I found so interesting about food I I just I could talk for hours but I won't I won't keep you so thank you so much oh thank you thank you so much for having me and inviting me on um I think you know again you know and promise everyone no one's paying me to say this but a testament to the food community um and food you know i always come back to this is yep we've got to eat food because it's because we have to because it keeps us alive but Mm -hmm. food nine times out of ten you will always find out something new about someone you will always hear about a new recipe you will learn something and i genuinely believe that with food every day is a school day because you know, our taste buds are developing all the time. There's new things to try. And, you know, I always say this, if you're stuck in a room with someone that isn't talking to talk to them about food, you will eventually get there because you just could talk about it for hours. So yeah, big thank you for having me on. And, you know, it goes without saying that love all your work. And I think you're doing an amazing job with this podcast as well. So good for you. Thank you so much. And I will probably speak to you soon, but bye. See you later. How fabulous was that episode with Holly? I absolutely love chatting to her about all her food conversational topics and food favourites and current food obsessions and food trends. I just had the most lovely time chatting to her and I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did talking to Holly. As I said many times in the episode, the links to Holly's food blog will be in the description box, so please check that out and if you haven't found her and you still want to um, check any of the socials because there will be links to Holly everywhere. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Butcher Baker Podcast Maker. It means the world to me that you've listened this far, so thank you so much. 
And if you are a new listener, thank you very much. And if you're a returning listener, hi, thanks for coming back. If you would like to hear and see more about the podcast and food faves and all that lovely stuff, why not follow Butcher Baker Podcast Maker on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok? Because there I post updates, random food things, a lot of food polls. And if you're interested in that, please check that out. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts and you feel like you would like to give a positive or somewhat friendly review, that would be very lovely of you Um, and totally understand if you don't have the time. But if you want to do that in future, I'm very grateful. Thank you. I hope you are having a lovely day whilst you're listening to this and I hope you have some good vibes. Um, I think that's all from me. Check out Holly. I think she's fab. And I assume if you've got this far, you also think she's fab. So thanks for listening. And I will speak to you soon. So bye. Baker Podcast Maker, the food podcast series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy, from recipe favourites to biscuit chat.